Welcome to the Bible in the News. The economy in Europe has stolen the headlines again this week as the world reels to and fro, dreading the storm raging on the troubled sea of the economy. The big question looming across the world is, will Europe break up or will the crisis forge the European countries into a superstate? The Bible predicts a united Europe in the latter days that will oppose Christ as he establishes the kingdom of Israel throughout the world. Revelation chapter 17 verses 12 to 14 tell us, The ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Revelation is not alone in painting this picture. Daniel 2 verses 34 to 35 show us the picture of the empires of the world being united in the terrible image at the point of impact of the little stone or the kingdom of God. We read, Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken in pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floor. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. Well, verse 44 continues, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Well, for years, Bible students have been predicting the unification of Europe in accordance with Bible prophecy. It is what God has decreed by his holy prophets, as we read in Amos 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Well, having seen what the prophets say of a Europe which is to have one mind and has given its power and strength to the beast, and that will be broken in pieces together, We now look to see the Bible in the news. The European Affairs daily newspaper Europolitics reported on June 7th, German Chancellor Angela Merkel, just ahead of meeting with British Premier David Cameron, said on June 7th that the EU's powers have to be boosted even if some other member states do not want to follow. Greater Eurozone integration is a priority. She said, we need more Europe, a budget union, And we need a political union first and foremost, Merkel told German public television. We must step by step cede responsibilities to Europe. The unwillingness of other countries to move along with future integration cannot prevent other member states from going ahead. We must not remain immobile because one country or another does not want to follow yet, said Merkel. Before a meeting with Commission President Jose Manuel Barrosa on the 4th of June, Merkel had already said that more Europe was necessary, at least within the Eurozone, end quote. So Germany is one country who is fulfilling the words of Revelation 17, verse 17, where we read, God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, to agree to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled, end quote. Well, the crisis is bringing out the extremes in governments all over the world. Some observant politicians are seeing what is going on. 
Nigel Farage of the British party UKIP and member of the European Parliament made the following comments in, Euro- in the European Parliament on Euro Day, celebrated on May 9th this year. Well, happy Schuman Day, or Europe Day as you now call it, although I thought the celebrations were rather muted. I think we're celebrating the wrong day. We shouldn't be celebrating the 9th of May, we should be celebrating the 8th of May, Victory in Europe Day. We should celebrate the last time the Germans tried to smash the continent and they founded, and at least half the continent got its democracy back. What we're celebrating on the 9th of May is another attempt, through different means, to smash democracy across Europe. I don't doubt for a minute that Jean Monnet was well-intentioned at the start. He thought that if you abolish nation-states, you would stop there ever being another war. He didn't at the time, of course, have the benefit of seeing that theory as it played out in Yugoslavia. But like communism, this has all gone badly wrong. And the EU Titanic has now hit the iceberg. It is a European Union of economic failure, of mass unemployment, of low growth. But worst of all, it's an EU with the economic prison of the euro. And this now poses huge dangers to the continent. We face the prospect of mass civil unrest, possibly even revolution, in some countries that are being driven into total and utter desperation. But there is perhaps an opportunity, there is perhaps some good news, that now a democratic rebellion has begun. It began in Finland last year with the true Finns getting nearly 20% of the vote. And we're seeing in country after country new political movements on the right and the left making big scores. But that may not all be good news, because in Greece what we saw last Sunday was rather reminiscent of the German election of 1932. We saw the status quo centre collapse and the extremes of right and left rise. You know, this project could even cause the rebirth of national socialism in Europe. We are headed the wrong way. Farage sees the Euro crisis as a German power grab, where Europe is united under a terrifying beast similar to the Nazi Empire, not the beneficent democratic union that is being sold to the public. The pieces are falling into place. The International Express on June 19th had a review written by Frederick Forsyth entitled The Truth Behind the European Lie. In the article, Forsyth comments on Merkel's meeting with David Cameron. He writes, When it comes to politicians, there are several subsequent translations needed to arrive at what is really meant. I mean, take Chancellor Angela Merkel. She told David Cameron, We must step by step cede responsibilities to Europe. Sounds obscure enough? It is. Stripped from EU jargon to layman's language, it means we must step-by-step hand national government over to Brussels. Ah, well that's better, he says, but not quite finished. The final and real meaning of what the lady said is, we must step-by-step abolish the nation-state. End quote. Well, Forsyth echoes Farage's concerns when he commented on the Queen's coronation celebrations. He said... Indeed, we have just spent four days demonstrating pretty visibly how much we appreciate the old place, England, and the elderly lady who wears the crown. So if you really think that, for you, the future means the abolition of the nation to make way for a new Reich, a parting of the ways cannot be long delayed. He points out the crisis is actually a windfall for bureaucrats in Brussels. He writes... 
It is being represented in our media that the crisis in the euro is met with dismay in Brussels. In fact, the reverse is the case. At the heart of the old Belgian city, now the true home of the EU, lives and works a core of fanatics so dedicated to the development of Jean, Jean Monnet's utopian dream of a single state occupying the entire continent that it bears the hallmarks of a religion. Nothing, least of all mere people, must be allowed to stand in the way of the dream. So these ultras are ecstatic. The Euro crisis is enabling them to accomplish in two years what would have taken ten or twenty. To it, the agreed abolition of the nation, a thoroughly tiresome obstruction to utopia. And the leading proponent is the chancellor of the biggest and richest nation of them all. For Brussels, this isn't a crisis. It is developing into every future Christmas rolled into one. For years, those trying to explain exactly what was afoot were treated as bad, stupid, or mad. Now even the old EU fans like David Owen are changing over in droves. The Labour Party, so long duped into enthusiasm, is reconsidering. End quote. Well, will Britain wake up? Eventually, yes. But at what cost remains to be seen. The Bible predicts a different course for Britain than the rest of Europe, but that is another subject altogether. What is being woven in Europe is an economic spider's web deliberately designed to trap countries into giving their power and strength to the beast. Consider carefully Nigel Farage's comments in the European Parliament on June 13th when the Spanish bailout was announced. Another one bites the dust. Country number four, Spain, gets bailed out, and we all, of course, know that it won't be the last. You know, I remember being here ten years ago and hearing the launch of the Lisbon Agenda. We were told that with the Euro by 2010 we would have full employment and indeed that Europe would be the competitive and dynamic powerhouse of the world. By any objective criteria the Euro has failed and in fact there is a looming impending disaster. You know this deal makes things worse not better. A hundred billion is put up for the Spanish banking system and 20% of that money has to come from Italy. And under the deal, the Italians have to lend to the Spanish banks at 3%, but to get that money, they have to borrow on the markets at 7%. It's genius, isn't it? It really is brilliant. So what we're doing with this package is we're actually driving countries like Italy towards needing to be bailed out themselves. In addition to that, we put a further 10% on Spanish national debt, and I tell you, any banking analyst will tell you 100 billion doesn't solve the Spanish problem. It would need to be more like 400 billion. And with Greece teetering on the edge of Euro withdrawal, the real elephant in the room is that once Greece leaves, the ECB, the European Central Bank, is bust. It's gone. It, it has 444 billion euros worth of exposure to the bailed out countries. And to rectify that, you'll need to have a cash call from Ireland, Spain, Portugal, Greece and Italy. You couldn't make it up, could you? It is total and utter failure. This ship, the Euro Titanic, has now hit the iceberg and sadly there simply aren't enough lifeboats. The insanity of the European system is clearly illustrated. However, it is this demoniacal spirit that will drive the nations, including Europe, to the Battle of Armageddon. 
While quite observant, Farage and Forsyth both lack the light of Bible prophecy to see where things are really going, but they do point out that the bailouts are an economic prison house and Germany is looking to secure the control of Europe. The Bible paints the picture of, a Euro of the European nations being forged together into the image of the latter days, which will stand only to be broken by the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of Israel, which will grind to powder all other nation-states to establish righteous rule in the earth. One other thing we should note, Angela Merkel might appear to be the, in the driver's seat right now, but she is not the woman who rides the beast. It is the Vatican, behind the scenes, tugging the reins to the right and to the left that fulfills this role. We would highly recommend you avail yourself of the July edition of the Bible magazines, which discusses this more fully. As we watch Bible prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes, we need to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 4 to 6, Ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of light, the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Let us not therefore sleep, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. And Revelation 16, verse 15, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. For the Bible in the News, this has been Jonathan Bowen joining you.